Father, I thank you that in this place today, Lord, that, that we see that you are the end result, Father. Not what we see, not what we think. Father, not even what we hope for, but you are the end result. Father, I thank you that in this place today, that your word goes forth and it produces fruit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, have a seat. What an awesome year. What an awesome year. We started this whole year, and, you know, we in this journey throughout the year, the first message was making an exchange. We're going to make an exchange of what we need for what God has. And it's, it's a life that we live where we can exchange our weakness for his strength or our uh, sorrow for his joy or our suffering for his gladness. You know, all those things, we get to make an exchange of what we have for what he has. The next was we were declaring that we have a teachable spirit that God is able to work through us because we're open to the things that he has. And then we were determined to step out and then celebrate the victories from stepping out, walking in forgiveness and unconditional love. Now, this is the last part of the message that God put together for us for this year is all things are possible and you can do what's put before you. Now, of course, like all the other ones, there's a twist to this. Because it sounds really straightforward, we're just going to talk about, you know, all things are possible to him who believes. But I believe that when you combine that with the message that's been coming for the church, that it, we're on the threshold of a new season, that there's some preparation to get us ready for that place. So what I'm going to ask you is, if all things are possible to him who believes, what do you want your possible to look like? What do you want your life to look like? You just got brand new journals. Let's write in those today. <laughs> Take a minute and say, what do you want your life, what do you want your possible to look like? And I ask people this all the time, especially young girls. I ask them, what do you want your life to look like? And, and that's a really hard question to answer. Because, you know, a, a lot of times you say, well, I want to be married, I want to live in a house, I want, you know, but, but those are things that, that, that we may or may not be able to control. But the things that we can control are, I want to be peaceful in situations. I want to walk in grace and humility. I want to have an abundance for everything that God brings to me. I want to live a life that serves God. Those are things that we can control. You know, I want my house to be peaceful. When you come in, I want it to feel like you want to be there. I want it to be a place that's not chaotic and and where we have relationships with each other that are open and honest and we can and we can be real in in my house. That's that's one of the I want my house to be full of people who can function in any given situation because they know where their source is, they know who their God is, they they don't have to be frantic. You know, those are things that I can control. Those are the things that I can say are goals for my house, goals for me. I want to be healthy. I want to make choices that make my life healthy. Those are the things that I can control. So what do you want your possible to look like? Because it's really important that we write down our, our dreams and our visions and those kind of things. And, and we have a practical side to the big side. Because God is a, is a God of big dreams and God is a God of big things. But we have to start with every day to go to the big thing. So if we, but we have to, it's kind of a balance. Because when we, when we set our daily goals and we set our daily things, then God begins to unfold or put together how this 
works with the big dream, how this works with the big goals, how this works with the big vision. How do these things work together? And um, the scriptures were Matthew nineteen twenty six. It says, in looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Because earlier, he asked us to step out. Earlier in the year, he asked us to dream. Earlier in the year, he asked us to get like a reliance to learn of how relied we can be on him. So now we get to look at the, the dreams and the visions and the goals and the things. We get to look at that and see, wow, I can't do this. But with God, all things are possible. In Mark 27, 10, 27, it says the same thing. It says with people, it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. That's a place of hope. That's a place of excitement. That's a place of, of yay. This is impossible for me. I can't do this, but with God, I can. And God, it says in his word in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know what I'm, this is the, the message version of it. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. See, we have a future in front of us. God has an awesome plan for each of our lives. When you were born, when you were created, there was a plan for you. And, um, you know, this Thanksgiving, we went around and we talked about how, what were the things that we were thankful for. And the thing that overwhelmed me was no matter how stupid I got in the middle of when I was stupid, the things that God had for me, he never set that aside. That the plans and the dreams and the visions for my life were still there when I decided to follow him. It says they're without repentance, that they don't go away. And I was so thankful that God is such a gracious and merciful father that when I go back and look at the dreams and the visions that I had for myself when I was young, that they were still intact when I decided to say, yes, I'm going to follow you, God, and I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to love you. And he said, well, here. Here's the plan that we had. <laughs> Let's just keep going with it. You know, you took a little hiatus. You got a different trail. You got a different baggage with you, but whatever. We're going to keep moving forward. And so God has a giant plan. He has a plan for our lives that has meaning, that has purpose, that has all the things that we are hoping for, that is our possible, what we want our lives to look like. That's all in there. But when we get a vision, we have to get a vision of what we want our life to look like. Because that's, that's, that's something that I've, I've not had anyone just be able to go, well, I want this. And, th-. you know, anytime I ask somebody, like, you have these ideas, but you've never written them down. You have these dreams and these visions, but you haven't articulated them. See, if you could, right now, just think about it. If you could do anything, and you've heard this asked for you before, without risk of failure, if money was no issue, if your family was taken care of, what would you do? How would you spend your days? What would your life look like? If you could just do anything, anything, what would it be? If God just said, you just pick. Because I think some of those dreams and desires on the inside of us, I think some of those things, you know, our, our heart is, when we're, when we're saved, our heart is connected to God. And I think even when we're not saved, our heart wants that peace. 
and we have these dreams and desires in our heart that that will line up or run along with the plans that God has for our lives. The thing, you know, the, those desires in your heart, I think, are God-given. And so when we look at what we would do if we could pick anything to do, I think that comes along with the dreams that he has for our life or the plans that he has for our life. Those are, because my dreams and visions don't match Sarah's dreams and visions. They're probably different. The things that I, like, if I could do anything, it would be, you know, this. And, 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 and you start to talk about it, and you get, like, you start talking a mile an hour, and you're, like, crazy passionate about it. And you're like, this, and it would be so awesome. And then we would do this, and then we'd have this. And then, like, you know, because that's, that's, that's something that's deep inside of you that's burning to get out. Do you write it down? Do you put it in front of you? Are you moving towards all things are possible to him who believes? With God, all things are possible. With man, it's not possible. But he gave you that dream and the vision to, to, to chase, to go after, to seek. Because he has a plan for your life. And, and, and it's different for me than it is for you. You know, you see things that I don't see. God made us that way. We don't all see the same thing. If we did, then things would get missed. There are lots of things that people see that I don't see. I'm not, a, I'm not like a detail person. We were going, <laughs> we were going somewhere and John's like, you've driven here before. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't that seat. And I don't pay any attention to that seat. <laughs> and I'm like, so <laughs> the answer is I don't know where we're going in case you're wondering. Uh, you know, he was like, cause I had to drive. Like, I think we were going to the dentist's office and he's like, I'm like, it's on Kasuth, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you've been there a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, well. Doesn't mean a lot <laughs> because, you know, my brain just kind of washes that out. And there's other people who just, you know, they go there once and they can take you there a hundred times. And it doesn't matter. They can tell you how to get there in their sleep. Nope, that's not me. Uh, but I see different things. I see other things. I see ways to, to redo. Th- I mean, I just see different stuff. I don't see that. That's not part of, that wouldn't be part of, God wouldn't put something on the inside of me that said, oh, let's make a map. Nope. <laughs> that's not, that's not a bit, that's not, you know, let's sit down and uh, uh, make an organizational plan chart thingy. Nope. That's not me. You know, <laughs> but other people, they love that. So, oh, yay, you come on beside me. That helps. You know, I want you my, I want you my group. I want you my club. Come on, you be with me. Yeah, <laughs> because I need that. That's a completion. But God has a dream and a purpose and a plan on the inside of you because you see things that other people don't see. And see, if your dream, if you're trying to make your dream fit my dream, or you're like, oh, that seems like a good dream. I need to go do that dream. No, that's not going to fit you because you might have a map in it, and that's not in my dream. So, (laughs) well, I might need a map. Yours is totally, I mean, I lived in West Virginia. We just go up and down the river. There's no... (laughs) You just go up and down the river. There's no different way. You just go up and down the river. Don't tell me north, south, south, east, and west. That does not exist in my brain. It's just up and down the river, and sometimes you go up in the hills. I mean, that's all there is. So I don't, I, I don't have that function. I don't know where it came from, but I don't. So it just it doesn't exist. But when we see those ends, results, and goals... Our daily life has to line up with that. And see, that's why we have to write it down. That's why we have to get a fixed image, a picture 
of what we want our life to look like because then we can move towards it. Then our daily life, what we, what we do every day, we can say, does that line up with the goal? Is that going to get me to where I, you know, where I want to go or is it going to take me away from it? Like I was talking to a girl the other day and she was like, I just want to be married. And I said, well, yeah. And all the married people went, okay. <laughs> I mean, there is joy in being married, but there's, there's stuff that goes with it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know, and, and she's a young girl. She's probably not ready to be married. And, <laughs> and I said, well, are you doing the things today that will make you the woman that the man that you want to be your husband will be looking for? <laughs> Crickets chirping. I'll take that as no. So, <laughs> you know, but that's the idea. When we know what we want, are we moving towards that goal? Because if, if, you're, not, if you're not looking at that goal, then the decisions you make are just random and they have no purpose. But if you're looking at the goal, you can say, does that line up with where I want to be when I get to this goal? Or is it taking me farther away from it? You know, if you want to have a healthy life, are you eating Doritos and watching six hours of TV? That's not going to get you to, you know, I'm not saying that Doritos are bad. Doritos are awesome. But just little amounts of them. Just little amounts every once in a while. Not like half a bag while you watch Murder, She Wrote or whatever. Uh, crime scene NCIS for the marathon, you know. That's not going to get you to a healthy life. I'm just saying, so when you, when you look at the goals that are in front of you, your decisions begin to either line up or take you away from those. Now, keeping that in mind, when we look at the vision that God's given to our church, that we're in a new season, that means we're, we're heading to a new season. That means we're on the threshold. Now, when you're on the threshold of a new season, that's where you... Where you get the most resistance. When you're getting ready to step through the door to a new season, that's where you're going to have the most resistance in your life. And that's where you're going to get all the chatter. This doesn't mean anything. What are you doing? It's blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and the devil just talks to you all day long about the bad things or just, you know, oh, shiny things. I need to go over here. Or, you know, it's kind of like when you have to study for a test, right? When you have to study for a test, you need to go clean your bathroom with a toothbrush because that's so much better than studying for the test. So because that's what we do, we want to avoid the thing that will, that will, that will launch us to the next place because it requires work. It requires sacrifice. It requires effort. It requires putting aside the thing that we want to do to do something in that direction because at that threshold, that's where you get the most resistance. And I don't know how many believers and people I've seen right on the edge of breaking through and being something different, and they just fall away. Because that's where the most resistance comes, because the devil hates you. And if you're distracted or if you're discouraged or if you're set aside, then you're not a threat. You're not a problem. You're not going to step into that new place where you see God bigger and better and more awesome. And, and you're in a relationship with him and you're just going forward and you're telling people about how awesome God is. And no, you're going, oh, I can't believe it. 
this is supposed to be so awesome. And here I am. Oh, I'm sad. You know, and because nobody is like, ooh, I want what you have. That is awesome. Your God is, no. They're saying, whoa, how can I get out of this room? Because you are bringing me down. Because you're talking about all the things that are going wrong, all the things that are, that are sidetracking you, all the people who have, have let you down, all the people who have hurt your feelings, and you're not moving toward anything. You're just walking back and forth and talking to yourself and wishing that things would get better. So if we're, there's a, there is timing. I'm going to say that. But when you're in this threshold place, it's important that you're still giving. It's important that you're, you know, it might not be time to step into that huge giant dream. But if you're waiting for a perfect time, a perfect place, a perfect condition, then you're going to have a long life of disappointment. And a long life of waiting. Because God can steer a ship that's moving. But if you're anchored to the steer, anchored to the shore, doesn't matter how many times you spin that wheel, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not, you know, it's, it's important to keep moving with God. Because the minute you stop giving out, the minute you stop sowing into your harvest, is participating in your harvest, as John said on Wednesday, the minute you stop that, the minute you stop looking to meet other people's needs, the minute you stop giving at church, the minute you stop volunteering your time, that's when your life begins to shrink and your life begins to stink. So if you're waiting for that perfect time, that perfect place, that perfect season, you know, when, when, when I get married and when I have all my bills paid off and when I have you know, three kids and they're all in, in elementary school and when, you know, and when, and when, and when I have my house and when my carpet's done and when, you know, all those things, when you're waiting for all those perfect things to come together, you're never going to get there. It's not, there's never going to be a perfect season. You have to step out. You have to start moving toward it where you are. And as you do that, God's going to bring those conditions into your life. God's going to make the difference in your life. He's going to, you know, I can't have people in my house. Look at the condition, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, you can. If people want to come see your house, tell them to make an appointment. If, <laughs> if they want to come see you, that's different. We all have messes in our house. Let's just be real. There, you know, you walk into my house today, you might go, whoa. Pastor Elizabeth might need some help. No, not really. It's not that bad today. It's not that bad today. Today's pretty good. Thursday, bad. (laughs) Thursday, I walked in and went, oh, I think people might think they'd catch a disease if they walked in. So I had to put some stuff away because there was stuff everywhere. But you're not going to have the perfect house. You're not going to have the perfect kids. You're not going to have the perfect cousin. You're not going to have the perfect amount of money. You're not going to have the perfect, there's, it's, it's not going to happen. So if we can get over perfect and just start giving and moving, God will begin to bring those conditions in line in our lives. It's a new season. It's a new day. You can do it, but you can't do it with the way you are now. I'm just going to say it out loud. Whatever season God's calling you into, your lifestyle does not fit that. Good, bad, or ugly. It says, 
in Proverbs 69, it says, the, man, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So you have a plan and you have a way, but God has, is going to direct you as you move. And with a new season, with a new day, comes a new life. And you have to prepare yourself for that new life. See, we have to see this totally differently. And this is kind of this was kind of revolutionary thought for me because, because um, I think I'm kind of on the right track. But God said, "What you're going to do next, your lifestyle has to change." And I'm not doing anything. Well, I don't know. It's not that it's it's not that it's bad. I mean, I'm just. But it's it's going to be different. And so we all have an opportunity as we press through to the new season that we have to, and if you'll allow me to say this, we have to reinvent ourselves. But that's that's seeing ourselves a new way. Now, a friend of mine just went through this recently, getting ready for a new season. And I want to have her come share. Lori, come on up. Who's that? (laughs) My friend. Amen. Pastor Elizabeth just asked me to share just a few seconds. It'll, it'll be brief. Just a little testimony of this kind of thing happening in my life, pushing through to a new season, moving to a new threshold, and, and realizing that I did have to, quote-unquote, reinvent myself and allow God to do the changes in me. And when I had Molly two years ago, I was in a, a very different place, a, a different mentality. i I was discouraged. I battled a lot of fear. I, um, I didn't. I wasn't involved anywhere. I wasn't working in the church for the first time in twenty some years. You know, I just wasn't anything. And I just my house was a wreck. I had these three children. I was thirty eight. I had a brand new baby. Uh, my husband lost his job. We had no money. It, it was just like seriously. I'm on bed rest for three weeks. Then I have a baby. Then my mom leaves for Africa. It was, it was like a crazy whirlwind time. And I didn't know who I was or what, what God wanted to do with me. And God put me in a very quiet place. And, and, um, I got to stay home with Molly for the first few months before I had to go back to work. And he took me to, to, I call it my Jesus TV. And I turned on Joel Osteen and I would record him every Tuesday night. Um, and if you record them on Tuesday night, you get the worship and the word. So you get all of it together. And I would watch that every week. And I would watch Joyce Meyer. And I just began to pray. And God gave me Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And you hear that scripture and you think, yeah, we've heard it. God, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper. What does it mean? You know, how is that even possible? And I began to meditate on it. And as God began to talk to me, things in my life began to change. And it wasn't like I had to come to church and get hands laid on me. It was just something that happened in my living room. My ideas began to change about who I was, who I was created to be, that, I'm, that I am worth something, that I do have a call of God on my life, that maybe it wasn't written out right then, but I needed to begin to prepare myself for my new season, that I needed to start walking then complete, whole, restored, and walking like the person I wanted to be. And I began to pray and do all those things. you know. And then who would have thought in a year, I read through the Bible in a year that year, that... Um, and I, I still wasn't doing anything. And then, and then Pastor John asked me to be the worship pastor. And, and that whole role opened up. And that was my new season. It was like, there's your threshold. What God was preparing me for all, for a year was to do the job I'm doing now. And, and it was nothing ever 
that. If you look in my journal, I brought all four of them if you care to look at them. Um, <laughs> there's three more in the car. Uh, <laughs> didn't know what I needed to share. Um, back then, you know, my whole journal was, oh, God, why do I not want to work with the children anymore? Why do I not want to be in the nursery anymore? Why do I not want to be the children's pastor? What is wrong with me? The guilt and the condemnation that came on me for not feeling like that was where I was supposed to be was, was very overwhelming. And God just kept saying, it's going to be a new season. I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you. And I just began to sit in that and listen to that. And um, God took me to it this morning. You know, he, he quickened me. It wasn't just to listen to the word that Joel Osteen had to share, even though they were awesome. I watched Israel Houghton every Tuesday night lead worship. And I was trained in that year. I've taught praise music and worship in VBI for years. I did that before Pastor Corey came on staff. And I've, been, I've done all that. But then I had to be trained. And I believe God took me through that year of doing those things and um, reinventing myself. Did any of my circumstances change well, my husband had a job now, so that was good. But my house is still the same house. And you can come look at my carpet because it is, you can come look at my carpet. You can come anytime you want, and my house looks like a whirlwind, and that's fine. But people keep coming, so that's all good. I still have four children that are very busy, that are very demanding, that have a lot of things going on. There are still things in our lives that we desire. We desire a new house. We desire um, a bigger house, for one. <laughs> You know, we desire things for our kids that, that we don't see yet, but we're believing God for it. And we can stand and do that because we've seen God move. I have seen God reinvent my whole life, my whole family, my whole way of thinking. The confidence that God did to me in a year is amazing, is amazing. And, and the self-worth that I feel for myself. I am not 50 pounds lighter like I thought I'd be today, but... I'm not in my bedroom crying about it either, you know. I know that my God is a God who hears and delivers. And he took me to Psalms 40, and I just want to read this in my, my Bible because this is the other version. Um, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. That was me in my living room after I had Molly. I thought it was postpartum. I think it might have been a little bit more than that. He lifted me <laughs> out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me, steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You know, and when people look at your life, they need to be amazed at what God has done. They need to see you come in the door and go, I would never have thought that that would be what you were doing. I think about that myself. I think that to myself all the time. I never would have thought that God would have called me to be a worship pastor, to lead worship. I never thought, and it could be you. I never thought God would lead me to hold babies in the nursery. Well, God is. God is speaking to you. God has something great for you. If you allow him to open those doors and to flood your heart and to reinvent you from the inside out, it wasn't that I had to go to the gym. And, you know, in the natural, you think, oh, i got to go to the gym every day, and i got to do this, and i got to make sure I look. I do this at church, and I do this. It was something that totally happened in my living room, on my own, in my heart. Nothing around me changed, but I changed because I allowed God to come in and reinvent and take out those things that needed to be taken out. And it finishes, says, Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Amen. That's true in your life, too. Amen. God is so good. And, and, and that's what it is. See, God's not going to put new wine in old wineskins. 
Matthew 9, 17 says, Nor do people put new wine in old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins would burst, and the wine pour out, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. See, if we want real change, we're going to have to reinvent who we are. But we have to have faith to see it. It's not what you see, but you have to move toward what you have to see, but you have to start to see you in a new way. See, it's seeing you in that new season. It's seeing you in that new place, ready for that new place. Invent means to originate or create as a product as a product of one's own ingenuity, experimentation, or contrivance. To produce or create with imagination to invent a story. Now, as children of God, though, we have the benefit of having the creative ability of God. You know, he sees more for our life than anything that we could, anything better, I mean, it's better than anything that we could think of. It says in um, Ephesians 3.20, it says, God can do anything you know, far more than you could even imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around or by working, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. That's the new King James version. This is the new American version. It said, oh, the message version, but it's deeply and gently within us that God does it. And, you know, I, I went to the story of Esther because that it just wouldn't leave me. And in Esther, we have two women. Because in stepping out and, and, and figuring out who we are, we have two ways to do it. And Vashti was his first wife. And her name actually meant sweetheart or beloved one. So it wasn't like she was an evil hag. She, you know, she was, she was his first wife. She loved him. I, he loved her. He thought she was awesome. And she thought that, you know, and she got to a place where she was at a crossroads and she had a decision to make. Are you going to honor those things that need to be honored? Because I think there's a way to do this God's way, just as Pastor Pam talked about, you know, like, oh, I'm a woman, here you are, or, you know, kind of thing. Because that's what a lot of people do. Like, and, and you see it out everywhere, you, especially young girls. I mean, they get their head going. They tell you what, oh, I deserve more. Than tell you what, mm. you know, and, and and they get going, man. But and and she was at a crossroads, and she had a decision to make: Am I going to honor what I need to honor? Am I going to do this right, or am I going to say I deserve better than that? And you can't tell me what to do, and so I'm not coming because she felt in her heart. You know, some of the commentaries and stuff that he was treating her like a prostitute, just parading her around in front of the people. And she wasn't down with that. Okay. So she's like, whoop, whoop. And so she got relieved of her position. And then when Esther came along, her name, and I think this is kind of cool, her name, Esther means hidden, and Hadassah if that's the way you say it, her Jewish name means strength. So put them together and it means hidden strength. And if you look at Esther, she was snatched up and taken to the king's palace and put in his harem. Well, that, to me, 
might put me in a bad mood. <laughs> Snatch me up and stick me in this place and tell me I'm going to do what? You know. <laughs> but there's, there's no recollection of that. There's no, it says that she found honor and grace and favor in the sight of everyone who saw her. And I don't think it's because she was beautiful. I mean, she was beautiful. But I don't think that was the key because I've seen lots of beautiful women who don't find favor everywhere that they go. And so she found honor and favor everywhere that she went because I believe that she let God work. And it said it took a year of preparation. That's a lot, that's a lot of preparing to go see a guy. You know, that I mean... Not, like a whole year, a whole year, like oils and perfumes and whatever. I don't know. That's, that's a lot of work. I mean, I'm doing my makeup in the car. That's So to me, that seems like an eternity of work to meet a guy. I am what I am. This is what you get. Do you want it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if they'd put me in charge, I'd be like, stroll them out there. Let's see what we got. You know, but <laughs> it was a year of work. So for a year, she had to decide every day that she was going to find favor and honor and do this a gracious way. And it was about living God's way in the midst of somewhere else. Really, that's what the story is about, living God's way in, in the midst of something else. So it took 12 months of preparation. And then when they went before the, the king, right before they went in, they could ask for anything anything like you know after a year like you surely you owe me something you know and you <laughs> put it in my pockets i don't know but i'm leaving it you know but she's she's she didn't want anything because she had purposed to do it the way that she felt to in her heart to follow after what was in her heart and so he made her he made her queen and he, and so after that then we we all know, we're gonna leave the boy part out of the story because the boys they were fighting and then you know Mordecai gets involved and Hamar he's like I want to kill all you guys and the Jews were in trouble and so she was in a position then to save her people and she could have you know when she she had to make a decision she was at a crossroads do I do this my way or God's way and so she told the people people to fast and pray. Because she knew that she needed God on her side. She knew that she needed to do it God's way to see the fruit. So she went and she stood before the king. And then the king brought her to her and said, you can have anything you want up to half the kingdom. And her response was, oh, I have to read that. And her response was, my petition and my request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king still still it wasn't this is what i want you better do it because i'm your wife and that's what's what that's what's what you know it, it wasn't that it's was like if i found favor in the sight of the king and if it pleases the king to grant my petitions and fulfill my request then let the king and haman come to a banquet which i prepared for them he was like okay whatever she says you know she still came honoring where she needed to honor following where she needed to follow having grace in that situation then the and, and it's still even to the end she waited and she asked again on the second day because they had a second bank on it says then queen, uh, queen esther answered and said if i have found favor in the sight of the king and king if it pleases 
you. Let my life be given at the petition and my people at my request. See, she was still, she was still honoring the king and giving him the choice to do what he needed to do. And we know how the story ended. The Jews were saved, and they got to, to plunder the people who were going to kill them in the first place. It was victorious all the way around. But Esther, now if we think about her story, I'm sure as a little girl she didn't think, you know what, someday I want to be queen and save my whole people. But I bet she said, I want to be married. I bet she said, I want to have a life that honors God. I want to have a life that means something, that makes a difference. Because that's in our hearts, right? I want to have a life that honors God, that means something, that people, that people remember. And, and in her willingness to lay down who she was and step into what God had for her in that year of preparation, in that time with the king, in those places, to honor God. And by honoring the king and her husband, she was honoring God because that was the tradition of the time was to honor your, your, your husband and to honor the king and to, to, to put their needs first. Not run in like a scared little rabbit and say, all my people are going to be killed. Oh, you got to save us. You know, she did it God's way. She did it the way of the tradition. She did it the way that it was supposed to be done. See, we all have dreams and visions that are in front of us. We all have an opportunity to reinvent ourselves. We all have that standing in front of us. But when we take out us and let God's plan move, and like Lori said, just be transformed where we are, then we will see the goodness of God. We don't have to fight for it. We don't have to make it happen. We just have to be ready. We have to be willing with our hands and our mouth to do and to speak what God says for us to do and speak in the time that he gives us. So what do you want your life to look like? What would you reinvent you to be? Do you want to, your home to be peaceful? You know, I have an opportunity right now in my life, and, and God just, you know, he's been really dealing with me. I, I'm, not, I'm no longer a full-time mom. I'm a, I'm a pastor's wife. That's different. Um, and so over this year, I've had an opportunity to reinvent who I am. You know, and my new life didn't fit in my old lifestyle. I, you know, I, I don't have kids to chase around and take to practice and go to games and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't have that in my life anymore. I get to reinvent who I am. Now I can get distracted by shiny things and, and do all kinds of, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a worker, so I could go work myself to death. But God has, a, God has a different way. God has a different plan. And it's, this is a, a quiet time for me on the inside, like much more quiet than I'm used to. It's like, oh, that's a lot of, we're looking at me a lot. <laughs> Can we look somewhere else for a minute? Because we're looking at me a lot. <laughs> and, and, but it's okay. You know, but, there's, but in that time of preparation, that, in that quiet place, 
God's preparing me for for what the next step that stepping through that threshold through that new season what it's going to look like in my life and you're all faced with that same thing because it says that we go from glory to glory and we go from victory to victory and we go from thing to thing where our where our faith grows where our reliance grows where our relationship gets deeper with him and we learn more about who he is and we have a, a deeper love for who he is in our life but we have to be open to that we can't be who we were yesterday and fulfill what we need to fulfill tomorrow so here are the steps for doing that number one you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind you have to be in the word you have to have opportunities to let god speak Romans 12, 2, if you want to write that down, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Number two, you have to be changed into his likeness. Find that place, find that space where you can look at your life honestly and say does this look like jesus it says but we second corinthians three eighteen. it says but we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror as in a mirror the glory of god are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the lord the spirit and three like i said in this place this is where you're going to meet the most resistance so you need to control your life according to what he says about you not by the emotions not by the things that you're that you hear not by the things that you think people are thinking i think we spend far too much time and far too much energy on negative people and negative things because if we focus on what we're doing and if we focus on what's in front of us if we focus on where we're going if we focus on what what god wants for us then you know and and i think some of the young girls may have it let the haters hate you know (laughs) but that's because they're angry and frustrated but you don't have to be angry and frustrated you know if they if they don't agree with you that's awesome we can agree to not agree but i'm moving on i don't have to spend a lot of time and energy defending myself to who you to what you think i'm moving on and if you want to go with me awesome And if you don't, sorry, I can't stay here with you. And that sometimes that means leaving people behind. And you can pray for them, but you can't stay with them because you're moving forward. This isn't, you know, that's why I had Lori play play that song. It's not over. It's not finished. You're moving forward. And, And, you know, if you're spending all of your mental energy on people who are in strife or in strife with you, you're not going to be able to move forward. You're just going to stay whirling in the same place. You can't get caught up in that. That's between them and God. That's their problem. That's a, their, that's a, you, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. I've got to answer to God. And if I'm moving forward with God, then I can't answer for you. And so, you know, you can encourage them when you see them. You can love them. You know, it doesn't mean that you stop loving them. 
It doesn't mean that you stop praying for them. It doesn't mean that you stop whatever, but you got to go where you got to go. And that's okay. Some relationships, you know, it's okay. And they're going to see the change in you and then want it. And then they're going to, con- it, it, it'll be okay. But you've got to keep going with God. It says in 2 Corinthians ten twelve, it says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that raises, that raised, I'm sorry, try again. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is our job. We're controlling our life according to what he says about us. Okay, so we'll say it one more time. What do you want your life to look like? Your new life won't fit in your old lifestyle. If you truly want to see change, you've got to see change. You've got to see it with the eyes of faith. You have to see it differently. Fitting into what God has for you. And remember, that's the key. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Not looking to the things of the world, but looking to Jesus. And I think we've kind of settled for, you know, if we have these in front of us, then we're moving towards the mark. If we don't, then we're just poking at things in the dark. And your success rate is going to be much greater if you're seeing what you're going towards instead of just randomly You know, every once in a while, you might have success doing this. Every once in a while. But your success rate will be far greater if you're looking at where you're going. Because I don't know about you, but securing things in the dark seems like a horrible game. Seems like a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. But looking at what we want, looking at what God wants for our life, instead of being distracted by the things that he has for us. And when you do this, God's plans will unfold for your life, and you will be, as my friend Lori said, you'll begin to be comfortable in your own skin. And comfortable women are a joy to be around. You all know them. You are them. When you're comfortable... then all those things just kind of fall into place. So today I encourage you to take the limits off. What is it that's in front of you? All things are possible, and you can do what's before you. With man, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? Let's let's take a minute, and we're going to pray. And um, if you're in a place where you just really need to step forward or you're ready to make that, that commitment with God that you're going to move towards whatever that goal is for your life, what it is that you see, now's the time for that. If you need prayer in anything, if you want to come up here, I will be happy to pray for you.
But if you want to write in your journal, you can write in your journal. If you want prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. But we're just going to take a minute. We'll let the song play a couple of times and, and let God minister. If you want to just worship and sit in his presence.